I'm here to talk about the position of Srila Prabhupada uh, based on this book. This is a product of a committee called uh, Position of Srila Prabhupada Committee, part of the GBC strategic planning effort. Bhakti Chu Swami, uh, one of the, the co-chairmen. And we've been working together on this committee for a, a long time. And uh, so this is one of what they call a deliverable. <laughs> it's, it's something that finally, finally came out. So I was uh, assigned uh, this position of uh, uh, researching uh, the position of Srila Prabhupada as, in ISKCON as founder chair. We knew it was very important. Prabhupada stressed on it so much, this word, especially these words, founder charya. Uh, and uh, so uh, I was set to do some some research and um, the way what happened kind of led to the uh, 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 scheme of this book which is basically a very short document which is uh, called just the position of Srila Prabhupada text and uh, and I just sat down it's here it's like you know four, six, five pages uh, early on and just kind of uh, expressed how I felt about Srila Prabhupada without doing too much research in anything. I showed it to the committee. They said, yeah, it's great, but now write a commentary because it was very short. So that's what you have here. You have that original text. Of course, it went through some revision in the course of research, but basically that was the form. And then a very long commentary. Uh, and if people want a short thing to hand out or to, you know, print in flyers or stuff, the, the text is there. And here's the, the, the commentary. But then when I started to do the commentary, uh, uh, I ran into something very interesting uh, that, uh, that, uh, forced me to do a lot more work than I thought I'd have to. And it's that, uh, I was trying to see where this term Foundacharya came from, because, uh, and so I had assumed, because, because the, the case is here, uh, the, the history is here, 
how Prabhupada very much insisted upon this. At a certain point, uh, when he, after he got to America, uh, it became very important for him. First of all, he started to use the term almost right away. It makes its first appearance in the second issue of Back to Godhead magazine. Uh, like at the end of 65 or 66. It shows up once, skips an issue, shows up again, disappears for a long time, and then it became very formal when Prabhupada found out that some uh, uh, of his godbrothers had influenced some of his disciples, and they were kind of uh, doing what they could to like not make Prabhupada too prominent. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, and so after that happened, uh, it became very strongly stressed the importance of this word founder acharya. And this is documented in here. Uh, let me stop before I go any further. Let me just say this is, people have found this a difficult book to read. I've got some complaints. And, uh, and I understand that not everybody in our movement is a native English speaker anyway. But I, I did it for several reasons, because in the course of the research I found out things that, as far as I know, nobody in our movement knew before. And I'm stating some things that will be new. Uh, and so I thought I had to do a scholarly presentation. That is to say, every claim I make, I have to show the evidence for it. And that's why this book has some, uh, you know, 80-something footnotes. Because the idea of what, what makes a work scholarly is that somebody else can read it and check everything that you do. It's not just that it has big words or anything, but that but somebody else can go through and find out where did you get this information from and can look at it critically. So this is scholarly in that sense. And so I had to document the, these things. And especially if I'm going to say something that was, seemed to be new to people. Uh, and so there's a, that's why this book is the way it is. And, uh, and also the other thing I was doing is I was writing for the long term. Uh, this ended up being called a, a GBC foundational document. But, so it's supposed to be something that really was, was look, made for the long-range future of, uh, 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 of, of, of ISCON. That was its, its purpose. So uh, I was thinking of something that would hold up over time and so it's written on a certain level of, of uh, I could say, sophistication. Anyway, there are big words in the back, but there's in this book, but there's also a, a, a glossary of words that you may not be familiar with, or, or that I want to be carefully defined. So you can, you run across a word you don't know, check first, check in the back, <laughs> and see if it's there in the, in, in the glossary. And also I did it for non-English speakers reading. And it's supposed to be trans being translated into many different languages. So also that was uh, added as a help to the, the, tra the translator. So the new stuff that happened when I started to do research
thinking it would take a, a little while longer to write this commentary, is it ended up taking five, six years. I mean, it wasn't the only thing I was doing, but it, was, it got me very involved. Because I had just always assumed that Prabhupada took that position, that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur had that title, uh, and he didn't. And so, so uh, where I, I, I managed to get a hold of, my, my, my scholarship is a little limited because I I'm, I'm don't know Bengali, and only very rudimentary Sanskrit. Um, but I did manage to get a hold of uh, uh, issues, the complete issue of the, almost complete issues of the harmonist. Because, because the, 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 just the existence of this work is, it was interesting. That, that Bhakti Thakur had started, I think, in, in the uh, late 1870s or early 1880s. I've got different dates. A magazine called Sajanatoshini. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and that was, of course, very important for him because in the in the in the 19th century, journals were a very prominent way of spreading ideas and and furthering cultural interests. And it was like the age of the journals. Um, there were so many of them, and so Bhaktivinoda Thakur did the same thing uh, with Sajjanatoshini. And it was his main instrument in Bengal for spreading uh, 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 Krishna consciousness, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Lord Chaitanya's teachings, to the, the urban, educated Bengali elite, the Bhadralok. Uh, 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 and, uh, uh, and so it was a very important magazine. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur kept it up, and then in 19, I believe 20 or 21, changed it into an English language publication. Now that's really interesting. I mean, it was their main organ. He, uh, 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 the Gaudiya became a Bengali language publication. He started a new one, but the main one that was changed into English. And they say explicitly what it's for. It's because of they had their focus on world preaching. So you had to, you know, Calcutta was really a world city. Until 1914, it had been the capital of the, the Raj, the, the British... Uh, uh, colonial empire in the east, uh, and, and people like Bhaktivinoda Thakur could almost could think of themselves as belonging to a, a world community. Uh, it was, it, I mean, globalism began a long time before this, but this was one of the big uh, uh, boosts in, in the idea of, 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 of one world. So that's why Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Wrote, uh, sent, uh, wrote to Emerson, uh, uh, corresponded with people in Europe and America, sent his book to, to libraries all over, and so on, because the, the, that idea, he was the one that really understood this. Uh, Krishna consciousness should be spread to the world. And so Bhakti, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati 
started this English language periodical. And they, they sent it out. They, 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 they mailed it out. And uh, so they changed the name from Sajanatoshini to the Harmonist. Uh, uh, first it was monthly and then it changed to fortnightly. Bhakti Sananta Saraswati Thakur was himself the editor. It was important to him that he was the editor of this magazine. Uh, and within the pages of the, uh, of the Harmonist, there, were a period, uh, there was a section, had different titles around the mots and so on like that. What was going on, you know, like a news article, uh, the, what was happening at the different uh, centers, and what Bhakti Siddhanta was doing, where he was going and so on. Uh, and in, in that section, Bhakti Siddhanta was, ref was referred to as editor or the editor. Uh, 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 doing this, giving initiation, meeting with uh, uh, prominent people, always the editor or editor, uh, like this. So this is an important thing for them to do this. So, so when I, st I st started to, 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 to read it, uh, just sort of looking through it, then the first thing I noticed is that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur is not the founder Acharya. Uh, that wasn't his title. Uh, and then if I'm going, well, two questions, where did it come from then, if that was indicative from Bhakti Siddhanta, uh, uh, and if I'm going to say Bhakti Siddhanta didn't have or use that title, if he did it one place or two places, I'm wrong, so that means I had to read through every page of the Harmonist <laughs> to, to, uh, to, to see whether, whether uh, it was there or not and to trace out what were his titles, because they kind of changed them a little bit. Uh, but he was the Acharya, usually the Acharya of all the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, or the, uh, the, 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 like that, you know, very general sense of the Acharya, or just the Acharya. Uh, uh, and then he was the president of the Vishwa Vaishnava Raj Sabha. Uh, Vishnava Vaishnava Raj Sabha is a term found in Jiva Goswami at the end of every Sandarbha. He mentions the Vishwa Vaishnava Raj Sabha. Many ways you can translate that. Uh, the, the way they, uh, the, the uh, uh, anyway, that, so that term appears in there. Uh, whether or not there was an actual organization that far back, I'm not sure. Some say yes, some say no. Uh, but what happened is, is that uh, 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 sabha means organization, assembly, collection, like the looks of, you know, the assembly. Vishwa Vaishnava Raj, uh, in the harmonist, uh, it, it referred to Lord Chaitanya, the king of universal Vaishnavas, Vishwa Vaishnava Raj Sabha. But other places, uh, it, it, it's the, the, uh, the assembly, uh, universal assembly of the, uh, they take Vaishnava Raj to be the, the, the great Vaishnavas or the foremost Vaishnavas like that. Right. Can you, I mean, if I, I mean, 
Yeah, the Royal Assembly. Oh, yeah, that another way. Yeah, the Royal Assembly. But actually, when they when when because Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, uh, started it again, just calling it Vishva Vaishnava Raj, uh, uh, and then uh, very ceremoniously. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati re-inaugurated it or re-illuminated it. And when they did that, it's described in the, in the Harmonist and in the, in the, uh, uh, in the Gaudiya. Uh, and they, they, uh, there they say it's, it's Vishra Vaishnava Raj is Lord Chaitanya. But it's so, so diff, diff, different things like that. Um, so, so th this was part of the, the uh, um, I forgot, where I, where I, <laughs> I lost my train of thought what I was originally getting to there uh, about. So, so, so any, anyway, this, this uh, he was the president of the Vishra Vaishnava Raj. And it was a kind of a little separate organization uh, the temples, the Gaudiya Mat temples are sometimes described as temples associated with the Vishra Vaishnava Raj Sabha. They put on all the theistic exhibits and all these things like that. And so they're kind of like overlapping organizations. Uh, and three of, there, there was, a, had a three membership board of Bhakti Siddhanta's disciples that ran this Vishra Vaishnava Raj Sabha. Um, uh, and so Bhaktisiddhanta was the president. And so then in the course of time, he became President Acharya. With a hyphenated name, but it was, pre and he was known like that, and that's what showed up uh, 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 on the books and things like that. President Acharya, not founder Acharya. So that, that became like, uh, where did it come from and what did it mean? mean. Uh, and I went through every page. Now the, the, the advantage to reading the, the Harmonist uh, starting in English language from 1927 and going up to 1936 was I got a sense of what the Gaudiya Mat was like when it was healthy. Uh, and it was an impressively powerful organization, extremely dynamic, extremely active, expanding like crazy. And you could also see their whole focus was on going to the West. That was the real aim. They expanded very rapidly all over India, but there was no idea, that was just the starting for going to the West. And so the big thing was to prepare these, their leading preachers to go. Uh, and when Prabhupada was ordered to preach in the West, uh, uh, it wasn't like he was the only one. People were supposed to, lots of leading disciples, Sridhar Maharaj, others were told to do it. He envisioned many, many devotees going to the West. And they actually sent for a three-man team, with Bon Maharaj as the main preacher, uh, to London in 1933. And in preparation for that, 
they, they made a book called Sri Krishna Chaitanya, uh, which is the first of three protect, projected volumes. The, the, the uh, um, uh, writer, the author was Nishikant Sanyal, Professor Nishikant Sanyal, he's professor of history at Ravenshaw College in Kutuk. Uh, uh, his initiated name was Narayan Das. And Bhaktisiddhanta uh, gave, gave him the, the title Bhaktisudhakar. He was, gave many titles to his disciples, uh, something they would do. And ceremonies, award them titles. So he was Bhaktisudhakar. Uh, and he was Bhaktisiddhanta's right-hand man for English language preaching because he was very, very good at it. Uh, and uh, he was also the de facto editor of the Harmonists. So they worked very, very closely together in English language preaching. And they produced this book that when the three-man team uh, embarked for England, they, they had copies with them. They waited until it was ready, the first volume, called Sri Krishna Chaitanya. And I managed to acquire it from a university library. I copy of one of the original ones that went to, went, went to the West. And it was a, a formidable book. First of all, it's harder to read than this book. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was pitched to a very well-educated, cultivated audience. It was clearly, uh, in, this, in their case, they really wanted to make an impression upon, upon their, their English language audience and the intelligentsia it was aimed at, uh, make a, a, a solid impression. And here was a book that was printed in India in 1933. First class paper, really good paper. I had the original in my hands. The original binding was still on it. And it was also very well done, very competently printed, scrupulously proof read. There wasn't a typo that I could find. So they put a lot of effort into this book huge amount of effort. I mean, that really, on this effort, the whole, that was a concentrated effort of the Godiamat uh, on here. Nishikant Sanyal was the writer. It was published in Madras uh, by the Godiamat there. Uh, and um, uh, Bhaktisiddhanta read every page of it. He went over it very carefully with, with Nishikant Sanyal. And so I had that book. And so when I looked at it, that's where I saw the term founder acharya shows up. If you have to think, it's kind of a weird term because uh, we have it, it's like this hybrid, hyphenated English Sanskrit compound. Right? Acharya is in translated and then founder in, in English. And really, I even at least in our literature, we see Pravartika Acharya in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, but it refers to Lord Brahma. And in Hindi on our buses, it says Samstapaka Acharya, but I can't find it. 
maybe something one back bhakti in otaku, but in any case, it doesn't. It's not not there in the sense that we use it. Founder Acharya, but then that first appearance I can find there is here in this the same way we get it in this 1933 book, uh, and it refers to what we call the Sampradaya Acharyas, the the, the uh, and uh, because Sinyal is a is a historian by his by trade he's a you know professor of history. He has a historical sense, uh, so he talks about this, the, the this, these, these four uh, founder acharyas for the Iron Age. He calls them the, the Sampradaya, Sampadara, Sampradaya uh, uh, acharyas. Uh, he, he says here, uh, and. Uh, he, when he introduces uh, Vishnu Swami, Nimbarka, they call him Nimaditya here, Ramanuja and Madhva, he says here, this is the beginning of this, uh, his chapter of it, in the, in the uh, uh, table of contents. I'm looking on page 37 if you're in this book. Chapter 7, the founder Acharyas, the system of Sri Vishnu Swami, Sri Nimaditya, Sri Ramanuja, Sri Madhva, mark the revival of Vaishnavism traceable to the prehistoric record. He's very clear about what's prehistoric. <laughs> they embody the reverential worship of Vishnu. Their secondary value consists in being an uncompromising protest against the opinions of the speculative creeds. Because he has a whole, this is part, this, this chapter is part of a beginning section uh, the history of theism. There's another big section, the history of atheism. They go to about 175 pages before they even get to Chaitanya. And so setting the thing is this, after the history of theism, and now we get to the history of Vaishnavism. And here the, the founder Acharyas are. Uh, uh, and so he has these, what he calls the eternal ancient teachers, Lakshmi, Brahma, Rudra, and the four uh, Kumaras. Uh, uh, so this is the, there was the prehistoric record, the eternal ancient teachers, and then they started uh, some revelation that was taken up by these founder acharyas for the, uh, the Iron Age. Right? And that's how it's used. So then I'm thinking, wow, Prabhupada uses that title. <laughs> that's pretty bold. <laughs> Especially if Bhakti Siddhanta didn't do it. <laughs> right? And it, re it really suggests something of somebody in that league. Well, you, there's a hint of that when you come to this statement I read there, spiritual synthesis, although sound, is incomplete. Be because this refers, Bhaktisiddhanta here is thinking ab about the Navadudda Mahatmya and the, 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 the teaching which he also illustrated at the Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur. 
where the, the four founder acharyas, and this is described in this book, the four founder acharyas are on the four corners. Uh, uh, and if you see the little altars of each of them, if you circumambulate the deity, you'll see them. And for each founder acharya, uh, you know, there's Madhva, and then you see in, the, in his niche there's also Brahma, and so on. So that, that's not only in this book, it's like in their parent temple. They were very insistent that this temple is the parent temple of which all the others are their expansions. The Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur. And that Mat is a teaching Mat. And what it teaches that Lord Chaitanya's philosophy of Achinsha Beta Beta Tattva completed the teachings of the four founder acharyas. In other words, the Gaudiya Sampradaya is not just another Sampradaya, according to Bhaktivinoda Thakur. It is the synthesis and perfection of these four Sampradayas. Because Lord Chaitanya is the avatar for the Iron Age. And in Navadudda Mahadmya, Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, uh, talking as if he writes as if he were present. He tells the story about how Jiva Goswami, this is after the disappearance of Lord Chaitanya, Jiva Goswami is taken on a Parikrama tour of Navadvip by Nityananda. And in the course of that, uh, it's related how Lord Chaitanya appeared to each of these four founder acharyas and said, you're going to teach this, you're going to teach this, and then I will use these to make, uh, to, to perfect my philosophy. That's basically what's in that book. Uh, so that's what's behind this also, this Nishikant Sanyal's uh, presentation. And an idea of what, what actually is the Gaudiya uh, uh, Sampradaya. Uh, later on in the book I described the Nabri Dhamma uh, uh, that, that part of it. So, so, so it, that's where Founder Acharya comes from. It's, it's that name. So Prabhupada took it. What, that's very bold, you know, and, and what I know about Prabhupada, everything he did was authorized. And one thing that was becoming very clear to me, how much everything he did was based on the example of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Prabhupada, I, I mean, what I learned from this, most of all for myself, is what a great disciple Srila Prabhupada was. I mean, my appreciation for him as a disciple kept, I, I thought I understood him, you know, but I discovered just what a disciple, how carefully he followed Bhakti Siddhanta. And it set into relief, by the way, by unfortunately his godbrothers who didn't get it, who weren't such disciples. Uh, because as I said, many were ordered to do what Prabhupada did. He's the one that did it, and after he did it, he didn't get much appreciation or help or even appreciation. Uh, 
uh, that, that has to be set just for historical accuracy. So you really saw that how, how, how carefully that, that, in fact, I began to I, I regard the, the, the uh, Godiamat as the beta test version of ISKCON. Because Arshvila Prabhupada looked at some of the things that, that happened and he tweaked it. The main tweak, <laughs> the main tweak being establishing a GBC as soon as possible. Because Bhakti Siddhanta, he said it in his will, but it didn't happen during his time and it never went into any kind of effective uh, 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 operation. It was never really established. They selected one, but they, nobody did anything. And instead, one person proclaimed he was the next Acharya. Those that didn't like him took shelter. The other guy who proclaimed he was the next Acharya, and then they split. And it fell apart. All that work. And one thing I think that sense you can get from this book is, is what the Gaudiya Mat was like when it was healthy. And then from that I got the uh, appreciation for the depth of Srila Prabhupada's crushing disappointment at what went on, how it crashed. They had actually sent people to England. It was big. You can trace how they celebrated this in the, in, in the pages of the Harmonist. Uh, when Bond came back, he was like greeted with celebrations and, and uh, uh, so on. Uh, he went to see the Maharaj of Tripura, uh, uh, had an old connection with Bhaktisiddhanta's family, uh, and who agreed to pay for the London temple. Uh, I, I mean, it was like going to be a big thing, and, but then uh, Bhaktisiddhanta got very disgusted with Ban Maharaj, recalled him, and then shortly thereafter he passed away. Uh, uh, but they were making internet, they made disciples. Uh, they got a really good reception from uh, the academics in, 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 in Germany and uh, nearby countries, University of Prague, for example, and so on. They, they, uh, they, were, they were, you know, they, they were really were, were, were quite, quite confident. And then uh, Bhakti Siddhanta left and uh, they split apart and it just stopped. It stopped completely and what, what became clear to me is how Srila Prabhupada started up again just where the Gaudiya Mat had left off. The whole thing had fallen apart uh, and when Prabhupada took it up he just, it was, uh, just amazingly, he saw what needed to be done. He also went following Bhakti Siddhanta. First of all, like, like they did, he started preaching in English with a journal, Back to Godhead magazine. When he, when he this, uh, was planning to go to the West, he also ends up with a three-volume work, the first three volumes of Bhagavatam with him. So he translated and brought books with him. 
He followed everything extremely closely. Just modeled him exactly on, 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 on what, what he did. And when it started up again, it was like, you know, there was that gap. But you have to say, and, 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 and one thing about Prabhupada that's really kind of, uh, very interesting, he blames himself. Uh, there's a number of lectures where pra Prabhupada said, I was ordered as a young man to, to preach in the West, uh, uh, but I was entangled in family life. Uh, I couldn't do anything. Finally, in my old age, I've been able to at least do something so I do, to have, follow my spiritual master's order. Uh, I've not been able to do anything. So he said to his disciples in the West, his American disciples, but now you've helped me and something's happening, so I have to thank you for helping me fulfill the orders of my spiritual master. So he takes it on himself that it's my fault I didn't do anything. I received this order as a young man. I'm 70 years old when I'm doing it. Uh, but Krishna is in charge of timing. First of all, 1933 was not the greatest year in history because that was the same year Hitler came to power in Germany and all hell literally was about to break loose for quite some time. And I imagine if Prabhupada came to America in 1955, what would have happened? <laughs> so Krishna's in charge of timing. He came at the right time. And he was able to continue. And very much the, the the, the, the continuance of Bhakti Siddhanta's mission. So, anyway, so 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 so. Uh, but I, we would go back to where Bhakti Siddhanta didn't have the title founder Acharya. But then we find in the in the, in the Harmonist in 1936 when they were celebrating the opening of another big project toward world preaching, the Gaudiya Mat in Calcutta, the big marble temple uh, that, that was a big expense, which was going to be their headquarters for world preaching. Uh, and, and there, at that time, uh, you see in the pages of Harmonist uh, th that that temple uh, was greatly celebrated, but also there was an effort to make people understand that this temple was not actually the main temple. The the parent temple. And it was stressed in a number of issues of the Gaudiya Mat was the Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur. And the, this, the, the Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur, uh, I'm getting the names right, yeah. The, the, the Gaudiya Mat, the Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur was, is, is, is their central temple. The, the Gaudiya Mat in Calcutta it is its expansion into what they call, quaintly, I think, the modern urban environment. 
in Calcutta, its main expansion. But they wanted to insist that it was subordinate. Uh, and in making that case, and one reason it later becomes, those become the two completing centers of power that were the Godiamat split. Uh, uh, those, those two uh, temples. And of course we know that Prabhupada uh, heard from Bhakti Siddhanta, he was, became disgusted with the, with, with the, 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 uh, uh, Shri, uh, the, the Godiamat uh, in Calcutta. That was the one he talked about take, tearing the marbles off and printing books because my disciples are simply fighting for who gets the best room. Uh, 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 so, so he wasn't really happy uh, with uh, that. Uh, so there, there, there was uh, th this. This was this was the 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 uh, the, pro the problem there. But uh, we, what we find out is at the in, in the, in the when, when they're going to describe. In 1936, there was a three-part series article called the Godiamat, referring to that opening of the temple. Uh, and it's not signed. An, an unsigned article in the journal meant it had editorial endorsement. Uh, it's clearly written by Nishikant Sanyal. And that's where uh, we find that um, Shwati, could you look up and tell me which page it's on so I don't have to look for it? The, that, that's where we, we find the term Foundracharya used in a kind of firm but subtle, subtle way, un, un, unheralded way, from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati in this article. Because in the course of describing the relationship between the Chaitanya Mat and the Gaudiya Mat, uh, there's a whole ecclesiology, a, a, a philosophy or theology of the, the, the mission, uh, explaining that that the parent mat is 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 the the Sri Chaitanya mat in Mayapur. Why is that? Not just because Mayapur is where Lord Chaitanya appeared, because Mayapur is the descended spiritual realm. In other words, there's a Mayapur, or, or uh, uh, is Svetadi in the spiritual world, because Chaitanya Leela is in the spiritual world. Uh, and so that part, part of, uh, 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 of Krishna Loka is Lord Chaitanya is there. And that it says that this, this Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur is actually eternally situated in the spiritual world and just manifested down here in this world where the whole Dham is descended. And he said it's there together with the Founder Acharya. In this article, the word Founder Acharya is used to describe Bhakti Siddhanta, refer to Bhakti Siddhanta. He uses that term. It's not hyphenated. It, I, 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 you found it, what page? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
So, yeah, on page 50, uh, there's not 50. Yes, yeah, right. It says it's previous, where's the earlier part? 43. 43, excuse me, yeah. 42 and 43. So here's these articles from the Harmonist, right? Uh, so notice this language, the Gaudiya Mat, meaning the Calcutta Temple, is the principal branch of Sri Chaitanya Math of Sri Mayapur. I keep their original spelling here, by the way. The distinction between the Gaudiya Math and Sri Chaitanya Math is all analogous to that between one lamp lighted by another. We recognize that analogy. It's from the Brahma Samhita, how Krishna and Krishna's expansions are the same, like one lamp. So similarly, it's there, suggesting that the whole institution is spiritual. It follows these same principles. The Gaudiya Mat is the expansion of the Chaitanya Mat in a visible form into the heart of the world. Earlier in the article they used the word modern urban environment. Sri Chaitanya Mat is eternally located as the original source even when it is manifested to the view of the people of this world. It's eternally located as the original source. In the transcendent environment of the eternal abode of the divinity. The activities of the Gaudiya Mat and the other sister branch Mats are, however, essentially identical with those of the Sri Chaitanya Mat and are categorically different from the ordinary activities of this world. So here he's described a kind of a spiritual thing where, like, the, 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 there's, even though here's the parent Mat. Because it's a spiritual institution, the expansions away from it are still identical with it. And, and both of them are not part of the material world. So then he says, uh, in the same Harmonist article, one page later, at the page 43 here, the Gaudiya Mat is also identical with its founder, Acharya. So there it shows up with reference to Bhaktisiddhanta. And you know, this is, this is written at the same time that the book is being written. Right? Yeah, yeah 1930. This is, uh, so the book, that book is being prepared. So he, he knows the term founder charya, what it means. And the associates, followers, and abode of his divine grace are limbs of himself. So this is where Prabhupada, uh, I, he, Iskhan is my body. None of them claim to be anything but a fully subordinate limb of this single individual. Not just the guru, not just the acharya here, the founder acharya. The, uh, this unconditional, causeless, spontaneous submission to the head is found to be not only compatible with, but absolutely necessary for the fullest freedom of the initiative of the subordinate limbs. Uh, so they, they go on and, uh, and dis dis describe uh, all activities of the Gaudiya Mat emanate from his divine grace. Uh, uh, 
the reality of the whole activity of the Gaudiya Mat depends on the initiative of the Acharya. Sri Chaitanya Mat of Sri Damayapur reveals the source of the Gaudiya Mat, the Calcutta Temple. In other words, they're making it, make sure you know it's subordinate. Uh, the Acharya dwells eternally with the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, in his transcendental abode in Sri Damayapur, White Island of the Scriptures. From there, the Acharya manifests his appearance on the mundane plane for the redemption of souls and, and so on. You know, so here's where it's introduced with reference to Bhakti Siddhanta. Uh, 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 and in a, in a footnote, I tell a couple of the places where the same ecclesiology is restated uh, 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 about that. Uh, and also, he says, I point out where in uh, 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 the 36th issue uh, uh, of, of the Harmonist, December 24th, just it appeared just before Bhaktisiddhanta left his body, but it was written obviously before then. But again, Nishikant says, the Gaudiya Mat is the instrument and counterpart of his divine grace, Paramahamsa Paribrajakacharya, Sri Srimad Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj. It lives and moves and has its being in the founder Acharya. And this time he's got a capital F and a capital, capital A on there. So that's. So, so my, my inference from this uh, is that the title was being prepared for Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He was well known, he was, he was planning to go to the West. He was it's mentioned in the Harmonist, he had plans to go to the West, he would, and, and, and to England and then to America. And my conviction is that this title was sitting there when he would have done that at some appropriate time, he would have been offered this title of founder Acharya. Uh, so that that's and he but he didn't go. It got it got stopped. Everything came to a halt, and not only did they not go forward, they didn't they went backwards. They split up, they fought with each other. People were going to the West. Ban Maharaj kept going, even though he was recalled by Bhakti Siddhanta, who refused to see him and referred to him sometimes as Banasura. <laughs> <laughs> he became very disgusted with him. I don't know the whole story behind it, but, but it was. Uh, uh, and told, wrote to the Maharaj of Chapur not to give him any more money. And Prabhupada said that, that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, he didn't have to leave his body, he left out of disgust. Uh, which is something I don't want to really want to repeat in this book, but, but that's what he said. Uh, uh, and, and Srila Prabhupada understood all this. this. And, and so, when Prabhupada has that idea in his mind, uh, uh, what corroborates the, the fact that, that he was thinking of Bhakti Siddhanta is the Pranam Mantra. Uh, and, and 
he was asked to give him, uh, Tamal Krishna, I think, asked, can you give us a special mantra just for your, yourself instead of the generic, you know, uh, uh, prana mantra for a guru? Uh, 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 and uh, this came, and I, I, I think it was written by, I understood anyway that it was written by, by, by Prabhupada himself. I don't know where I heard that, but early on when it came, that's what I was told, because none of us knew enough Sanskrit to, 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 to write it. Uh, and then he presumed it, made a grammatical tweak in it, and then, uh, but that, that was it. So, so notice that, that mantra, Namaste Saraswate Deve. So many times people are chanting, and even Prabhupada complained about it, Namaste Saraswati Devi. Uh, it's not to the goddess. It, it's it's Prabhupada's patronymic. It's Saraswata. It's, it's 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 the word Saraswata, meaning son or servant or disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, but but with the long a first and the a on the end. Saraswata. So we are offering obeisances to to. This, the, the, the son or the servant. So it's significant that for that mantra, he uses his name as his, the patronymic. He puts Bhakti Siddhanta's name with a tweak to become him. Why? Because he's continuing on. Bhakti Siddhanta circumstantially couldn't go any further. Prabhupada understood what he wanted and did what he wanted. And it was proved to Prabhupada that Bhakti Siddhanta wanted it because it worked. Because circumstantially, by Krishna's will, Prabhupada was deprived of every asset before he came to the West. He didn't have institutional support. Uh, he, he didn't have money. The, English the, British, uh, the Indian government let him take out 40 rupees. He didn't have any money. He didn't have any institutional support. And when he tried to get it, he couldn't after he was here. Uh, he didn't have youthful energy and vigor. I'm, you know, turning 70s in a few days, and I know what it's like. And he didn't have good health. He had a heart attack on the way over, you know. Every single thing you think, he didn't have it. And he ended up almost hopeless in, in New York City. And then everything started to happen. And very quickly, he had carried on the mission. So to, to me, it, it, Prabhupada understood that it only happened by the grace of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. Because I simply, one thing is to my credit, Prabhupada told, I have always followed his orders. That's the only thing to my, I followed his order. And when he did it, he took that bold step of actually, you know, launching himself out into the unknown without any of these assets, that it happened. So he's a, Namaste Saraswati Deve. Goravani Pracharane Nirvishesha Sunyavani Paschatya. He's preaching in the Western countries this mission of uh, Lord Chaitanya in the, in, the, in the West, 
uh, and what is the West? They're full of Nirvishesha and Sunyavada. That is also the work of the, the founder Acharyas. They're, they're noted for this uncompromising protest against the speculative creeds. That's what they did. That's their, that's their signature work. And uh, when Prabhupada got to America, you know, everybody was a Buddhist, and of course, the Ramakrishna mission was sitting pretty, pretty sitting up pretty prettily in the uh, Upper East Side of New York, uh, with a fashionable following. When they refer to the uptown Swami, that was Swami Nikolananda, who was running the Vedanta Center in the Upper East Side. Uh, so there, the, the Mayavadis were there. Uh, and uh, he met, met Allen Ginsberg, who was chanting Hare Krishna, but Allen Ginsberg also used to chant Gate, Gate, Parigate, Paribodhi Swaha, this uh, Buddhist chant, you know. <laughs> I didn't see any difference between that and Hare Krishna, so <laughs> that's what he did. So, so, so to my mind, this, 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 this prana mantra also shows that Prabhupada exactly was just seeing himself as simply the, the, the instrument of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. In other words, what Prabhupada is an example of, when you think of an empowered devotee, yeah, somebody's great, but the empowered devotee is somebody from his own point of view who has become very small. Their false ego is gone and he's simply the servant. And that's what we learn from Srila Prabhupada. He, to become great in Krishna consciousness, we have to become small. If you're looking to become great, you're very small. And we've seen in our movement enough experience of the great become, turning up to be very tiny. So, so Prabhupada exemplifies this. He teaches by his example. Uh, and because of his becoming the servant, we have the Hare Krishna movement today. The last thing I want to say before we have some time for discussion is, is, is that is that we owe Prabhupada. Uh, we, we really owe him. Uh, and he set up, he set up ISKCON following this ecclesiology the, uh, uh, that, that we find in the Harmonist, in this 1930 uh, issue, because the other thing we could never figure out uh, after Prabhupada came here and started the movement uh, is of course we know that very early on he tried to get some land in Mayapur. And when he got it he called it international headquarters or world headquarters. And as soon as he got the, got the land, it was, he would have gotten it earlier but he had active opposition from some of his, his god brothers to try to stop him from getting any land. Uh, and as soon as he got it and was able to do so at Gorpanima in 1972, he established the foundation of the Temple of the Vedic Planetarium. Put, this, put the Ananda Shesha uh, cornerstone in there. He started it. And then I remember when he went there for the first pilgrimage, 
And we are told this is our world headquarters. The GBC is going to meet here every has annual general meeting here. Very important that it be at this place. There's no there was no telephone. There wasn't even a you know a landline. We we were bathing out of you know hand pumps. And, and all around as far as you can see is cane fields and you know this is the world headquarters? <laughs> we had no, you know, what is this for? Uh, but now we can understand from this ecclesiastical model what he was doing. Uh, 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 and, and so we have a kind of map of, of, uh, uh, of the whole of ISKCON. The, with, with, with the temple of the Vedic planetarium in the center. Circumstantially, Prabhupada's Pushpa Samadhi right at its entrance. We wanted to put the, the GBC at the time, or where were we were going to put it, and we were trying to make an even bigger temple, uh, more land, but it was all, anyway, we went through all kinds of things, and it ended up being where it is now, the original land that Prabhupada bought with a continuous piece of land, which is on the old map, some old map, it's designated as Mandir land, so we could get by all the politics. Uh, of Bengali agricultural usage and land usage and all that stuff. So it, that's where it ended up. Prabhupada's right there in that samadhi in that very big golden form. And viewing all these temples, including this one, as connected with that one, as the branches of the main temple. People come here and to all our other temples in ISKCON, they get trained up. They enter the spiritual world. Every temple, there's Srila Prabhupada uh, presiding uh, in his Vyasasana as our founder Acharya. Uh, and uh, from there we, we go to the center. And what does that temple illustrate? It illustrates the way back to Godhead. It, it shows you the path that leads from the center from the branches to the center in Mayapur has another path that goes up. And the, the journal of Gopakumar, journey of Gopakumar of the Briyabhaga is, is illustrated there and you see the universe as, as far as I can see as the yogis see it, as they understand it. Uh, uh, and. As, as a yogi can take the air up the chakras, so similarly you go up the universal body, up the, up the chakras to the higher planetary systems, and then you into transcendence, and that's the map to that other ISKCON, where Prabhupada said in the letter, we will have another ISKCON there in the spiritual world, where Prabhupada is there now, and that's the whole uh, of ISKCON. And that's really the position of Srila Prabhupada as founder Charya. Okay. And I hope you read this book, uh, even though it may be a little difficult, and we all have uh, time issues and uh, so on, but. but uh, 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 I hope it does for everybody who reads it what it did for me writing it. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let me ask uh, Maharaj, you want to add anything?
Well, brilliantly presented as usual. And um, I think it's necessary, you know, like before reading the book or while reading the book, they get, you know, your, you know, your presentation. Because I think that makes them, makes it easier for them to understand. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yes, I heard devotees saying that it's difficult to read mm -hmm. and think. And, and that's why we need to kind of have sessions like this mm -hmm. to make the devotees understand. And I think it would be great, you know, if you go around the world <laughs> <laughs> to all the temples and making this presentation. Right? I've seen that it's so well appreciated by the general body of devotees. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we'll also try to make, you know, like say maybe we'll probably have this uh, recording, the recording is already going on, mm -hmm. and we can, you know, distribute it extensively. To okay. the well, you're still on the committee. Your, your job is... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll try to. <laughs> oh, you're doing very well, I think. <laughs> Thank you. And I think we got the best person to write this book. And in a way, I feel it's Krishna's arrangement. Like, you know, like as you were presenting, like Prabhupada, why Prabhupada went, or rather, why for Krishna to Prabhupada? at that, you know, yeah. old age. Mm -hmm. Like as you said, in 33, the world wasn't ready yeah. for Krishna consciousness. But the world was ready, at least America was ready in mid-60s. Yeah, I mean, and Prabhupada comes right at the nick of the moment and, you know, things start happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I mean, this American involvement was very, very important in this mm -hmm. movement. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, Prabhupada himself said, the whole world is looking up to America and whatever the Americans do, you know, they will follow. Mm -hmm. And and that's what happened. The Prabhupada attracted the American youth, or by Krishna's arrangement, you know, these American youth were actually posted there. Right. To yeah. help Srila Prabhupada at the right time. That's what he told us, huh? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh -huh. And uh, and then what happened is the biggest miracle in the world. Mm -hmm. And now it's a matter of continuing it. Where Goryamar failed after Srila Bhaktisiddhanta mm -hmm. Shashayatra disappeared. But Iskhan succeeded. Yeah. You know, 20, 37 years after Srila Prabhupada's disappearance, Iskhan is still alive, Iskhan is still together, and Iskhan is expanding. Yeah, well, we have to keep working at it. Right, yeah. <laughs> And I it mean, seems that we are moving in the right direction, you know. But, but you know, I mean, it's, it, it, what we have to realize is this kind of the principle of unity and diversity as a concrete principle. Uh, and it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that because it, it, you're reconciling opposites. But that's what, you know, a famous uh, uh, theologian, uh, Nicholas of Cusa, he described God as, as the coincidence of opposites. What is in Latin? I forgot. It's <laughs> the, the, the unity of op opposite things. Because Krishna, is, there's diversity and there's unity both. 
And if you, if you look in art, what, what beauty is, is unity and diversity. If you have just unity, it's monotonous. One canvas with nothing but black, you know, or nothing but green, you know, it's just monotonous, boring. If you have diversity, it's, it's chaos at the, at the extreme, it's, it's, it's just total chaos, it doesn't hold together. But if you have both of these things, if you have unity and diversity together, then it becomes beauty. And the, the greater the diversity, the greater the value of the unity. So this is you know, something that, that, that we, have to, we have to realize. And because by having diversity, then each individual we can, will each be very much ourselves while we're still in, in offering everything that we can in Krishna's service and contributing our full measure of what we have to Krishna's service and still be part of a whole that's always uh, growing and increasing. And, and of course, there's organization because clearly organization, one thing that Bhakti Siddhanta was so important on, and, and Giri Raj has this thing where, where he, he, he said to Prabhupada, uh, uh, what do you think we need most? And he's, he said, Giri Raj actually came up with two, two pertinent quotations. I well, no, I heard later uh, when, when uh, Prabhupada was getting the land for the temple. This temple is very important for, for you and as important as book distribution. And he said, yes. Why was this temple so important? So he said that. And the other thing he 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 uh, he, he he told uh, in his last days, Giriraj Maharaj, what do we need? And Prabhupada said, organization. That wasn't some vast spiritual thing. He just said organization, because organization is a false a force multiplier. If there's five people and five of us, each of us working separately, we can do things uh, to the value of five. If the same five work together, it's the value of 15 or 20. You know, and that's what Bhakti Siddhanta understood very, very well. And so he created this uh, organization like that. So as difficult as organizations are, uh, uh, it, it's worth working at it uh, and for realization of both uh, getting the, the full benefit uh, of our offering to Krishna by working together and by uh, realizing as much as we can this unity and diversity. Uh, anyone else uh, have a, a question? We have every question here. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. I'm uh, glad I'm here for the first stop of your book tour. And uh, I don't think you mentioned, you mentioned that Bhakti Swami is on the committee. I don't think you mentioned he actually wrote a wonderful forward to the book. Um, so you know how to write Thank you. Um, they seem to be having a lot of success in the 30s, or you know, a decent amount of success in the 30s when they went to England. I was just wondering if there's anything else do you feel comfortable in saying in terms of why he told him to come back and uh, what the problems were with Bhan Maharaj if, if things seem to be going fairly well? Um, my one, one hint 
that I have uh, is that there was a, 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 some disagreement about preaching strategy <laughs> between him and Bhaktisiddhanta. I think Ban Maharaj went there, saw how things were going, and now then thought he knew better than Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur about how, I, what the specifics of that uh, are, I, I, don't, I don't really know what it is. Uh, the other thing is, I believe, I was told by somebody that Prabhupada, you know, Ban Maharaj had gotten this Institute for Oriental Studies right across the way from us in our temple in, in, in Krishna Balaram Mandir. And uh, that was carrying on his preaching. I mean, he was going to the West. Uh, he kept on going. In 1972, he was in America. Uh, uh, so he wasn't that he wasn't going, but what he would do, and this was his preaching strategy, apparently, would go to universities where he associated with professors and give a talk within a university context to a group of professors. That's what he did. And his Institute for Oriental Studies was supposed to be something like that. Of course, that institution is no longer with us. I uh, was taken over, he affiliated with the University of Agra, and now they're teaching typing skills or something. I don't know what's going on there now. It's kind of a vocational college or something, so it's all over. Uh, but but uh, that, was, that was his... Uh, so there was some disagreement, and, and Prabhupada also said that that property, the money that Ban Maharaj got to, to pay for that property was money that was supposed to go to the temple in London. Uh, so the idea that, well, I do know that Bhaktisiddhanta wrote to the Maharaj uh, of Tripura not to give him any more money. There may have been something about that too. Uh, one thing, one thing that, that's very interesting is, is that you can see by the book Sri Krishna Chaitanya and you can see uh, from the kind of uh, orientation of the kind of people they were preaching to in England that the Gaudiya Mat was thinking for good reasons that uh, uh, what they have to offer is something of s s such high uh, worth. I mean, we have acharyas like you know the Sanatana Goswami and Rupa Goswami, or like Baladev Vijayabhushana. I mean, extremely learned, highly educated, cosmopolitan people in our in our line. That the people that would be receptive would also be very educated, sophisticated, uh, uh, kind of elite people in, in the country. Uh, and that's what they were looking for in England. And then when Prabhupada went to America, if you look at the first volume of Bhagavatam, then his, he was also thinking uh, toward the educated elite. And who showed up in America was not those people. It was, you know, young people, uh, and many of them, well, you read Prabhupada's description of hippies, lazy, intoxicated, unbathed, lying in the street, a description of the mode of ignorance. 
He didn't appreciate them, but that was the milieu, the counterculture of the 60s, that these people came. And Prabhupada did their laundry for them in the beginning. Uh, uh, so, so I, I Ban Maharaj would have turned up his nose. I'm not looking for you. you know, most everybody I know in the Gaudiya Mat would not have. But Prabhupada saw the potential and he went for it. He, he, he did like that. And of course, the first criticism of him from his godbrothers was, oh yeah, he went to the West, but he could only, you know, make drug-addicted hippies. You know, he couldn't get really educated, refined people. Uh, I, I, I had this once experience. I did not understand it at the time. One night in, in Mayapur, uh, I was one of the early pilgrimages, and I was in a room with about eight or 12 temple presidents bunking. And it was not late at night, and somebody came and knocked on the door and said, well, it was nine o'clock or something, Prabhupada wants to see you. And I was, you know, getting ready for bed. So I put, put my dhoti back on and went across a dark camp, and he was on a dark campus, and he was on the second floor of the, the, the Lotus Building. Only his light was on. I went up there and, uh, and, and went inside, offered my obeisances, and Prabhupada is there behind his desk, and there was two or three, I think two, uh, sannyasis from the Gaudiamat. I recognized Prabhupada's godbrothers. And Prabhupada beckons me to come over to his desk, and I, I, I walk over and, uh, and sit down. And then he says to me, so, he says, what are you writing your doctoral dissertation on? <laughs> and I thought, what is he going to do that for? <laughs> And I said, well, I, I just, in fact, completed a proposal. I, I did, didn't end up doing it on that. I said, well, Prabhupada, I, I, I want to write about the, uh, about the, the, the uh, philosophical, uh, historical, sociological, economic, and psychological necessity of Krishna consciousness. Something, something like that. It was really it was my, it was my I still had the proposal in my files. Uh, uh, by the way, I, I tried to get it, you know, you have to get a three-professor three committee to be on your dissertation, and I could only get two. And finally one guy says to me, he says, look, you know, this is not a doctoral dissertation, this is a life's work. <laughs> Fine, you better get something smaller. <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's but, but anyway, I told him that to Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said, ah, he says, all around necessity. I said, yes, Srila Prabhupada. He said, thank you very much. <laughs> And I offered my basins and walked out and, you know, what was that about, you know? <laughs> But then I re later I learned, you know, this idea that they were saying that Prabhupada only had drug-addicted hippies, that he was bringing me in to show you somebody writing a doctoral dissertation on the shared of something that somebody can be writing a doctoral dissertation and not be a drug-addicted hippie, as people have managed to bridge that gap sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's, a, that's another story. <laughs> so, so, so it was, it was that they were not into it. You know, they, they were like using it to disparage Srila Prabhupada. That's what happened. Uh, but, but he, he did it. When, when whoever showed up, he just. And I remember hearing this conversation from Prabhupada at the University of Ohio with Allen Ginsberg, 
who at that time was the openly gay man in America, and he was there with his boyfriend, and Ginsburg says, I think the Swami is very conservative. The <laughs> conservative. <laughs> But he must be thinking all the time what, because you know he went on stage and had Allen Ginsberg lead the kirtan. That's what he did at the in San Francisco, and he did it again at the University of Hint because he knew Ginsberg had a following, you know. So he, anyway, move me. Yes. I guess my question's a little bit similar to Yadav Prabhu's question. I was just wondering. I mean, maybe this is asking you to speculate. I'm not sure if you can answer, but. Why was Shulamakti Siddhanta Saraswati waiting um, for that you know, transatlantic voyage to, to accept that title to do surmise? Or was it reactionary against the, the kind of the apparatus of Banmaraj? I mean, was he doing something to react to the. Well, Ban Maharaj was going to prepare the way for Bhakti Siddhanta. That wasn't that he was going going uh, to, to counteract anything there. He was supposed to go uh, 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 and prepare the way. That was part of the success. I mean, his use of the his waiting to use the word founder. That that could because well, my evidence that as soon as Prabhupada thought he could see he had something established in America, so very early on, you know that founder Acharya. Uh, uh, was there. It did, didn't come into strict usage until a little while later. But I mean, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, my question is, why was he waiting until, uh, it, it appears as though, until he himself could travel to the West? Was it rea some reaction against Bhatt Maharaj's? No, I, don't, I, think, I just think that he wanted to be there on the cutting edge of preaching himself. I don't think it was any reaction to Bhatt Maharaj. While he was in India, uh, he could he could have, but uh, but but one of the things that the founder Acharyas did was they spread Vaishnavism, uh, and you know when they say the West in Bengali literature, they they mean West, the western part of India, which has really fallen in their estimation. Am I right? I think I believe so. This is the. You know, but but for him the West was you know the the whole uh, rest of the world. I think we have to have a arty here too. Huh? Okay. So so, uh, but anyway, that that would that would have cemented that that the founder acharyas they managed to spread Krishna consciousness at least in the Indian subcontinent, maybe into a b bigger India than is is there now. Uh, uh, but but uh, Bhakti Siddhanta took it all, all over the world. Uh, that to me, that that's what, in fulfillment of Chaitanya, that that's that's why it was seems to me it was being prepared for that. It was because it was just going to be their next big occasion when he went himself. Uh, and remember, they're looking at this historically. That that, that Chaitanya comes. And he's, go he's going, going, going to spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. That's going to happen. And Prabhupada said it's going to happen also. Uh, you should do it and get the credit. If you don't do it, somebody else will. So he had that sense of inevitability. Uh, and uh, 
that that's just just my intuition. Uh, and, and it was clearly being prepared for him. So it's it's it's, it's just just my my speculation that that would be the the occasion, either when he went to the West or when the, when the movement. See, because the next thing, well, one thing that was very important to establish the movement, you had to have a temple that on land that you owned. Uh, and, and so they would have the land and the temple in London. And then when Prabhupada first came to get, get, get a place in New York, he wanted to own land. So you can't really install deities unless you own the land. I mean, he finally compromised on that principle. But, but he was looking in New York City to buy a building. And, and he had a donor uh, in India. Uh, all he needed was some God brothers. This is documented in this booklet. All he needed was some God brothers who were well connected with the Indian government just to go to get them released the currency. All he needed to do is spend a, you know, a, a half a day in the bureaucracy and uh, to, to get to get them, and they didn't do it. Bon Maharaj could have done it. Madhav, uh, Maharaj could have done it. Madhav, there was three of at least three of them that were well enough connected that they could use a little persuasion to, to release the funds. But he was looking to buy this building. So I, I, I understand that that was like to establish the movement in the West, you would have purchased the building. So they were going to have one in London. But between Bhaktisiddhanta's time and, and our Srila Prabhupada's time, the center had changed from London to, to, to New York, you know. Uh, so it took a while to own a building. <laughs> So uh, I have a couple of questions for you. Thank you so much for the wonderful, really enlightening. Uh, first thing, when you talk about uh, making Sri Krishna Chaitanya and also in the harmonies, the word use, being used on the Acharya, mm -hmm. was that during Bhakti Thakur or was it after he had departed? No, during. So, like, was there any reaction of Bhakti Thakur to that use of the words? He must. He must have approved of it. He was the editor. Sanyal was his right-hand man for English language preaching and Bhakti Siddhanta was very, very careful about the preaching. So he either he was asked or he just tacitly approved of it. But I, I, I think this was the, you know, well now all these kind of things with titles is a certain etiquette. You know, I mean Prabhupada did not actually allow himself to become Prabhupada until somebody asked. He didn't do it, you know. So. And the other question I was going to ask was uh, when we talk of like a force of the life, so uh, like, and we are using the term Pongaracharya for Prabhupada, but like I'm just thinking that it's kind of different than those Sampradaya because like Prabhupada does not like establish any Sampradaya. I'm just trying to understand yeah. like, the difference. The parallel is a little different because they had their original prehistoric teachers. Our teacher, our original teachers are not prehistoric. 
Lord Chaitanya appeared in historic time. So whenever, you know, before the creation of the universe, uh, Lord, uh, uh, the Lord enlightened Brahma. That's definitely before the history of the universe. So, but now, uh, what corresponds to that is Lord Chaitanya teaching Sanatana and Rupa Goswami say. So that happened fairly recently. And so, uh, what corresponds uh, to the, those those uh, original prehistoric uh, 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 those would be to Brahma would be Rupa Sanatana Goswami. Uh, so it's a it's a, it's a little different because because we go, we don't go back that in a sense we're part of it because we come in the the, the Madhvasampadaya, but it's when Lord Chaitanya appears, as far as we understand, this is fulfilling all four sampradayas uh, with the Chincha Beta Beta Tattva. That's the importance of it. So it's not exactly a, a complete parallel situation, and. And when you look at the effort to, to, and of course all those people, Ramanuja had his predecessors, he had the Alvars, it wasn't like that he brought, you know, even love and separation was there before, before Ramanuja was there. Uh, and they all, so they all had their teachers, there's also a lineage, we don't know exactly what it is entirely that, that goes up, but, but they somehow or other managed to get an, enough organization going to spread their particular uh, take on, on, on Vaishnavism uh, in a widespread way and all of them counteracted Madhva, I mean they all counteracted uh, Buddhism actually, uh, Nirvishesha and Shunyavada, both, both of them. Uh, I, somebody was saying, well they all wrote a commentary of Vedanta Sutra, what about Prabhupada? But, 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 but we've always felt that uh, our, our Sampradaya has felt that you don't need a commentary on Vedanta Sutra really because Srimad Bhagavatam is the author's own commentary. Baladev did write Govinda Bhasha, but that was under kind of special circumstances, so we've already got one if you really need a formal one. And so by writing a commentary on the Bhagavatam is like writing a commentary on Vedanta Sutra, and that Bhakti Siddhanta did, and also our Srila Prabhupada did too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Right here. How does the concept of Shiva um, Prabhupada being the founder of Sharia? Uh, I guess I'm wondering how the question, how the uh, concept works backwards. Did he did he start something new? Because if Bhaktisiddhanta is the founder of Sharia, and then he's a founder of Sharia, and then the disciples who follow in, in his wake. Um, is, is there something that's set or settled in his, his, in his identity? I mean, I suppose it's in the book, but I haven't finished it because I only had it on computer until now. But I, hear, I sometimes hear things from people, um, from uh, teachers within his con and without, that there's a kind of idea that, you know, we have a lineage, we have Prampara, and Prabhupada, he's special because he, he uh, brought Krishna consciousness to the West, but in terms of teachings, it seems that he is in a context. Yeah, of course. Well, that's true about the original founder Charyas, too. Right. So I, I, I guess I'm wondering, you know, is there something special within that founder Acharya context within 
teachings or you mentioned preaching strategies before. Um, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to wonder because we, we have innovations, we have changes and things That's like true. that. Where to draw the line between what the Acharya has said and what is, you know, optional or, or, or changeable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, the, the teachings uh, remain the same. Uh, the question is, uh, is application. Uh, so Prabhupada learned how to apply it in the modern world. He learned uh, how to vocabulary to explain it to people. Uh, and he made a, an organization. What, what he really, I think, embodies, and what ISKCON should embodies, is this compassion feeling for suffering humanity. The, uh, in this book you'll find a place where Prabhupada describes how he got this order from his spiritual master to go to the West. And then he says, now on this auspicious day of my spiritual master's disappearance, I'm going to give you the same order that he gave me. He said, now you have some understanding of this Krishna consciousness. We were new, very new. Right? Now you should have some feeling for suffering humanity. So that, to go to the West is a specific instance of feeling for suffering humanity. Uh, and it's that strong feeling for suffering humanity that, that Prabhupada wanted in, especially uh, to be embodied within ISKCON. Uh, and uh, it's clear that Bhakti Siddhanta had that feeling. It's not clear that anybody else uh, of his godbrothers had it to the degree that, that Srila Prabhupada did. I mean, they're preaching, they're making devotees. He said they're going back to Godhead. That's not the question. The question is who understands, Prabhupada said, the, the Acharya is one who understands the order of his spiritual master. That, you know, so Prabhupada understood it. That, that, so to me, that's, that's the really significant thing. That, 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 that Prabhupada did, that he's willing to sacrifice everything for the sake of us. Uh, that's uh, that's, that, that's what, what, what seems to me to be really unique about him and what, what should be the, the distinguishing mark of ISKCON is, is this extreme desire, a strong desire to sacrifice to everything to, to give Krishna consciousness to others. But there's more to be learned. <laughs> Do we have time to go on? I mean, there's more people with... Yeah, yeah. Nice white ones. 15 more. Okay, 15 more minutes, yes. Hare Krishna, thank you very much, Prabhu, for a very nice presentation. It's very enlightening. It's a perfect introduction to read the book, my opinion. One question I have is, you briefly touched upon when Shri Prabhupada got this time founder Acharya and they mentioned he was bold enough to take that, but uh, I was wondering if you could elaborate on the mood and the circumstance at what point when the founder Acharya type was applied to Shri Prabhupada. Well, the interesting thing, the, 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 it, it shows up uh, 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 I went through the old Back to Godheads. They're online. You can get facsimile copies of all the all the, all the Back to Godheads. Uh, and and so Prabhupada, uh, what we when you look at the, I'm trying to find out where it first shows up. 
1970, by 1970, when there was this first crisis, and his name on the book was just Acharya, Prabhupada got really upset. But early on, like in ISKCON in 66, I looked at Prabhupada, if you look at page 71 in the book, Prabhupada, uh, personal ISKCON letterhead stationery said simply Acharya, Swami A.C. Bhaktivedanta, uh, 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 was there. And then uh, there, the first flyer that came out, the Stay High Forever flyer, September 1966, same thing. Uh, but then when you look at Back to Godhead, it's not there either, except in the second and the fourth issue, September of 66 and, De uh, and December, uh, they, you see what's the standard way to this day of presenting Srila Prabhupada and Back to Godhead magazine. In these two early ones, there was a, Prabhupada was under this elm tree in Tompkins Square Park, and there was a local newspaper called the East Village Other. And there's a picture of Prabhupada, two different pictures of him in front of this tree. So one of those pictures is in the, in the second and fourth issue. On the space above the photograph, it says, His Divine Grace, Swami A.C. Bhaktivedanta, Founder Acharya, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. So that's where it shows up. It's already 66, you know, it's like the fall of 66. It's there, like one year after Prabhupada came. Uh, there you, you see this founder Acharya, uh, fall and then, then the, the winter. But then sometime it, it vanishes under the next issues and then shows up again in issue number 28, late 69. Uh, and then it's the same treatment. It's identical. The photograph of Prabhupada, and, and notice it doesn't say Prabhupada yet because that came a little later, but the founder Acharya of ISKCON, like the, it shows up. But then it's not until uh, uh, late in 1970, issue number 36, they stopped dating the issues so they could distribute them anytime, or old ones, no one would say this is wrong. So they stopped, just had numbers and no dates on them. Uh, then you start seeing very regularly, all the time, this way it is now, with his uh, a picture of Prabhupada uh, uh, above his name and position given in full, his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, founder Acharya, so on. So it happened, it happened like that. So it's very clear that Prabhupada had it in mind very early on. That, and just so here, uh, uh, all I can think of is, this is why I get the idea that, that Bhakti, there was there being used for Bhakti Siddhanta by Nishikant Sunyal in a couple of places. Uh, and that that uh, it was being prepared for him, and when uh, it's just that that when Prabhupada, when he saw you know his mission was going to go on, so suddenly it's there for him. Uh, 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 and I think he had a certain de degree of foresight or at least intuition that something was really now going to happen.
there, there is uh, some evidence that he had he had this strong idea that there will be temples in the future that that Krishna let him know that now it's established and and and, and, and he knew that. Okay, that's the best I can do on that one. <laughs> okay. okay, anyone else? Uh, Manu Savita, uh, who is on our committee and also uh, did the layout, very much wanted this picture. He loves this picture. And, yes, and it was mixed. Huh? Yeah, so it's deliberately a soft focus picture. Sometimes you see commercials that use the soft focus. What, what is the uh, purpose behind it being off of this? Uh, it's a softer, more gentle mood, I suppose. And makes you, makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. <laughs> but I, you know, my responsibility doesn't, doesn't extend to the cover. <laughs> I leave that up to other people. Even the title is, you know, I mean, uh, that's... <laughs> Sodomini, yes. I, I'm still not clear, maybe Marmos knows, like, people are always asking me, like, how they can get books, or they have a few books, like, I know it's available online. Um, is there still some holdup of delivery? Um, what's the mechanism? Yeah, thank you. Uh, actually, what I did is, you know, these books are meant to be distributed freely. And during the Gorkonium Festival and GBC meeting time, when we the ILS, Iskand Leadership Sangha, we expect that's the time we release the book. And we wanted the devotees to take them to their respective places because the leaders were there from different parts of the world. But many of them didn't want to carry because they were already overweight and you know, something. when they come to India, you know, they would have to buy things. So then I made arrangements to ship the books, you know. And uh, the shipment has arrived in America and uh, we brought 5,000 copies. And uh, we, I actually wrote to all the GBC members because thinking that they are the ones they can actually, you know, figure out, you know, how many copies they need in which temple. And uh, yeah, that's how we are distributed. The books are here in America. They're sitting in New Jersey. Uh, Always in New Jersey. What's anyway? Why? Why? <laughs> why Always yes, because Jersey. I found somebody who took the response. <laughs> Such an important state, huh? <laughs> anyway, America is a small country. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, see, uh, for Washington Temple, uh, I think they wanted about 300 copies or something. And Purachandra is in here. Purachandra is taking care of this distribution. He is also one of the organizers of this uh, retreat. I think he was busy taking care of other things. He was quite busy in the kitchen also. 
Like, if you need some copies, please let us know. I will send them. No, no, them. I just, I had heard that they still weren't in the country, so I was thinking Yeah, you see, the shipment took some time to arrive yes. in it. Like, uh, it's, uh, I have to send it by, by sea mail, sea, uh, ocean mail, you know, like, couldn't send it by air. And that's why it just arrived about a month and a half ago. And uh, then, you know, there was a lot of difficulties to get it out of the customs. And so the yeah, distribution started. Daddy Shakti said that she um, was just doing a favor to Gurudas, you know, said, oh yes, I'll pick up the books. And all of a sudden they were going to be in customs. They wanted three or four times more money. You know, it's like, it wasn't. I, I don't know if you ran into that trouble, maybe you had better connections. Yeah, that's why we just, you know, yeah. I mean, we sent one shipment to America, one shipment to UK. The UK will take care of the European distribution, <laughs> and the US will take care of the local distribution. Thank you very much. So thank you. <laughs> Did you find it out yourself? <laughs> I mean, probably your distance. Thank you. No, we want, we want to distribute. You paid for the printing, did you not? Huh? You paid for the printing, huh? Who paid for the Who paid for the shipping? Yeah, the shipping. Arrange for the payment, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Bro, once again for the amazing presentation. Um, I just wanted to, um, it's a more generic question if it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, of course, one thing you mentioned uh, struck with me was uh, when you say we obviously owe debt to Srila Prabhupada, of course. And every time I hear such examples of how, how much sacrifice uh, Prabhupada went, you know, took and the hardships he went through to set up a scorn for us, uh, it obviously you know, increases my, <coughs> my appreciation. So I just wanted to hear from you, Prabhu. Um, of course, you know, books like these, your hard work in preparing it and, uh, you know, the support from GBC in distributing it, sharing with all the devotees, of course, is, is very important because that's like a, you know, top down, it's coming down to create more awareness and education. I just wanted to, you know, I was just wanted to hear, Pro, what can we do as, as the devotees, as followers of Srila Prabhupada? Uh, to, in addition to, of course, educating ourselves and sort of protect ourselves from any kind of influence, I may say, you know, from, from people to mislead. So what can we as devotees do our little bit to, to you know, show our appreciation and pay that debt to Shri Prabhupada, if you have any words? Uh, well, I, 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 I think uh, we show it by, by following his orders and, and his, his instructions. And uh, uh, the, the challenge, I, I think, that, we, that we, we face and that Prabhupada has tried so hard to correct because the, the Godiamat fell apart. Uh, uh, and it, it did so uh, because of uh, uh, people put other things higher uh, than their, uh, the order of the spiritual master. And it seemed to have been on the Gaudiya Mat side a kind of personal ambition that, that was there. 
uh, and uh, so that's still our challenge is 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 to see what it takes to to uh, really advance in Krishna consciousness to take the order of the spiritual master uh, as our, our life and soul and make that our main focus uh, there's uh, stuff in the book about how Prabhupada's own realization that he got when he tells how he got inspired to do what he did when, when Prabhupada got the order from Prabhupada again at, at, at the end of his life to preach in English and he said when he when he got this letter the last letter he got from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was he said he said my god brothers they're serving you they are sannyasis and brahmacharis. I'm a householder. I can't do much. Is there anything I can do to serve you? So I just, on an impulse, I wrote him. And he wrote back. He said that, yes, you can push on this movement in the English language. Uh, and it, first of all, it echoed the same thing that he said to him when he first met him, when he was like 22 years old. You know English. You should do this. And second of all, probably said, how can I do this? I mean, I, he was a householder, he was entangled in business. Uh, uh, it seemed like a mission impossible, you know, to, because it was this fame. So many of his leaders had been told to do this, and here, 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 here he is, and he's not even a sannyasi, you know, he's got children and all these things. Uh, and he, then, then he said, then Prabhupada said, I got some inspiration from reading this commentary by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur on the Vyavasa Adnika Bhuti verse in, in, in Bhagavad Gita, that, that the secret of success is, is to accept the spiritual master, uh, take that order and just follow it and don't worry about either even being saved or not saved, just do it. You know, I got some inspiration, so I tried a little along those ways. That 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 that's 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 what what he says he he did like like that. So that was the particular order to go to the west. But then Prabhupada said to us, "I'm giving you the same order. Go to the west meant have feeling for suffering humanity." Uh, and he that's the way he put it for us that people are suffering for want of Krishna consciousness. So if we, if, we, if we can take that as our main goal, to deliver people to, to the, the, the teachings and practices given by Lord Chaitanya, and make that the main thing, and I don't worry about success or failure, just do everything I can do. Take, take what a position I'm in now and do everything I can do. Uh, try to, to cultivate the holy name, uh, properly by trying to give up offenses uh, and try try to to make myself the servant, uh, th then we will be successful. Uh, then then it will work out. When when there, I I got the idea that I, I yeah I want to be the servant, but I want to be an important servant. <laughs> well, in any any kind of other. Uh, you know, we're supposed to be anya abhilashita shunyam. You know, we're supposed to be devoid of all these other extraneous things. And, and we all may have these desires in our heart for profit, adoration, and distinction. 
but we should just identify them as the enemies and be trying, striving very hard to get rid of them. That, that we have these things in our, in our hearts, well, okay, we took birth, come on. You know, if we, if we didn't have them, we wouldn't have taken birth again. So we could, you know, okay, that's the deal. We're fallen. Uh, but but, but I, 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 I should not try to, try to uh, serve those things, but rather try to enlist all the resources of Krishna consciousness becoming free from those things, these anartas, and go through the process of anartha nivritti. And we can do it. I mean, it's not that we have to be anything great. We just have to take all the resources that Lord Chaitanya has given us to begin with and use them. And once actually we start, we do that, then Krishna will give us all help. Uh, not, nobody can say, I'm, I, I can't do it. That's not allowed. Everyone can do it. That's the uh, best feature of Lord Chaitanya's movement. And you just take the next step. Uh, if we, we, we look where we are now in Krishna consciousness and where we think we ought to be, we go, ah, you know, it's like a breathtaking. Even Prabhupada says that when Bhakti Siddhanta was appearing in him, to him in a dream and telling him to take sannyas, Prabhupada said, I was horrified. <laughs> he said, <laughs> but even Prabhupada had that reaction, you know. But, but just take the next step, and if we take the next step, then everything that we have to do will, will, will come. You don't, have to, no, you don't have to do the whole thing at once, you just have to do the next thing. And then if that's done, then you'll see the next step, and Krishna will empower us. Uh, that's what we should all do. Because, because actually all the resources that we need to advance in Krishna consciousness uh, and we have to advance ourselves in order to help other people too. You can't give what you are not doing yourself. You have to teach by example. So, so that that's what we have to do. Thank you. Thank you, Shri. Um, thank you, Prabhu, for that most enlightening. Um, Where, who's speaking? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. For that erudite and most scholarly presentation, and uh, it's always very enlightening um, to have a, um, a scholarly research take in the realm of Krishna consciousness, especially if you're trying to preach to people who are, who are scholars. Mm -hmm. um, my question is, um, when Srila Prabhupada adopted the title of founder Acharya, um, is there any evidence or at all of um, what the reactions were of his godbrothers to this? Oh yeah, they, they didn't like it. Oh, they were very, very upset. That's another indication that they knew what it was, and the fact that he had, he had taken that title was was a kind of they they took offense. That probably, of course, now you see everybody's found their chariot. It's all over the place. Somebody's got you know one little one little temple and. and uh, a little bit of land in there, the founder Charya or something. But as far as I, well, I did research, it's all kind of post Srila Prabhupada's doing it. Nobody else did it until, until he did. Now they jumped on the, the bound wagon. And so the currency may have come a little uh, devalued uh, in that way. Uh, but no, they, they didn't like it. And uh, you, the, the, when, when Prabhupada really uh, insisted on it was when 
and, and made it important and wanted to see it was on every issue of Back to God Hit magazine was when he found a, a conspiracy. Uh, Prabhupada had sent some of his early disciples to India. Uh, they were staying at Bad Maharaja's places. He reinitiated some of them. He criticized this founder Acharya thing and, and, and so on. Uh, and, and, and so they were uh, uh, offended by it. I, I don't. I don't want to be too nasty about, huh? The main objection actually was using the title Prabhupada. Yeah, that that, that, that was, was the thing that actually yeah. kind of made them very very upset. Yeah, because Bhakti Siddhanta was Prabhupada, and he took the he took that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, actually, one thing, you know, by the, you know, like I was just reflecting on that, like. During Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasadikata's time, the title must have become quite prevalent, you know. That's why when they kind of, you know, started to build their own little temple, they all assumed the title founder of Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, they didn't really understand the purpose of the institution mm -hmm. and the need for a founder Acharya, the head of the institution. Mm -hmm. They thought, I'm founding an ashram, my temple and I am the Acharya's. Right. Right. Okay. That's good for now. Thank you very much.